This is the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 101. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm your host, Monica Louie, and today I've got another incredible interview to share with you. Today, we are talking all things Pinterest and why you should be using it as part of your promotion plan this year. But first, if you are new to the podcast and don't know me yet, welcome. I'm Monica Louie, and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $3 million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients, and we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And while I teach a lot about Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. And that's why I love to bring you interviews with experts who can help you grow your audience. And I am so excited to share my interview with Kate All with you today. Kate All is the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media, a Pinterest management and marketing company. And through their work with over 700 Pinterest accounts, they take a data-driven approach to crafting a Pinterest strategy that aims to help their clients and students find their perfect person on Pinterest. Kate teaches thousands of people about Pinterest marketing through various speaking engagements and her podcast, The Simple Pin Podcast. In this episode, Kate shares who should be using Pinterest and what type of marketers should probably stay away, the pin strategy that's working now to promote your podcast, blog post, or YouTube video on Pinterest, how to find the best keywords for your niche to include in your pin image and description, the do's and don'ts of Pinterest marketing, the lowdown on story pins and video pins and how to effectively use them to maximize your reach on Pinterest and a whole lot more. It was so great connecting with Kate. She's such an incredible businesswoman. And I just love how she really does make Pinterest marketing simple to understand. So you're going to get a lot from this episode. But before we dive in, I want to make sure that you know you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 101. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number 101. All right, here's my interview with Kate All from simplepinmedia.com. Hey, Kate, thanks so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. It is such an honor to speak with you today. I'm so excited to have you join us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So you have built an incredible business. I mean, your name is synonymous with Pinterest management, Simple Pin Media, and I've just always been in awe of what you've created. And so I'm just excited to dive into you today to hear your nuggets on Pinterest strategy and what we should be doing here in 2021. But I'd also love to start with your backstory and how you even started creating this business way back when. What brought you to entrepreneurship? What did life look like before Simple Pin Media? 
Yeah, great questions. So first of all, back in 2010, we had been struggling. My husband lost his job in 2009, two weeks before I had my baby. And it was my, our third kid. And we really didn't know what we were going to do. It was the beginning of the recession, just looking for all the things, anything, any type of work. And a friend of mine had a website around frugal deals and blogging. And that was really starting to take off because of the recession. And so she was super busy and said, Hey, I know that you still have a baby at home, but would you like to just manage Facebook for me? Because we're seeing these new Facebook business pages as pop up and take off, you know, would you just take care of it? So I did. And I loved it. It was really fun to engage with her readers, to help people learn about how to save money. Cause I was doing the same thing alongside her too, trying to figure out how to navigate this downturn in the economy. So then as we got into it, I realized I loved to write. I loved to do affiliate marketing and the marketing and positioning of her content and her company just really came pretty naturally to me. We started to integrate Pinterest too into that as well, because we had heard these rumblings of people getting traffic from Pinterest and we thought, okay, well, let's see how this works too as well. Well, then late 2013, my husband had lost unemployment and we were really at the end. We were living on food stamps. This was about to run out and I was sitting in her kitchen and she had just watched a Pinterest webinar. And she said, you know, I think you could try managing people's Pinterest pages. And I literally looked at her and said, that's the dumbest idea. Nobody's going to go for that. But she thought you have no other option. So you should at least try. I should also mention at the time, Facebook had changed their algorithm for the very first time to business pages. And so all of a sudden, all of these online business owners were going, how do I get traffic? It was like somebody turned off the faucet. Well, everybody looked to Pinterest because that faucet was still on, but they didn't know how to navigate from personal to business. It just felt like a big leap. So in January of 2014, I bought the domain Simple Pin Media. I had a super simple basic site and just said, I'll start with three beta clients, see if it can even work. And I wanted all the feedback from the people who had hired me. It was just three at the time. And I told them, I said, if this fails, like, let's just never talk about it again. And it worked. People loved it. And it took this element of this new kind of social media of all managing all the things off their plate. And they were getting a lot of traffic. And that turned into three, 10 and now 120 and lots of other people on my team. So that's how I got started. That is so, that is so incredible. I love how you just started and you're like, well, I kind of have a knack for something and I'm just going to dive in and learn what I can and just test it with a few people. You validated the idea and then it grew from there. So that is such a great story. So here we are in 2021. Things are very different online, Pinterest, very different from 2014 back then. What should we be focused on right now with Pinterest? I mean, who should be focused on Pinterest? Is it all online businesses? Are there specific niches that are going to benefit more than others? Is there any niche or industry that should definitely stay away from Pinterest? Who I'm just curious about how you navigate that with your with your clients and your audience. Yeah, we're really looking at Pinterest now as it has changed a lot since 2014. It's definitely not this, you put something on there and it goes crazy viral. But one of the things we still love about Pinterest is that it's a search and discovery network. So it's like Google, 
So we tell people approach it the same way you would Google or even YouTube. It's a place where people go to find ideas, to discover new things and to find solutions to their problems. So if your product can get in front of those people and you believe that your person is on Pinterest, now I'm going to say if you're like in the investing space or you're targeting like a 60-year-old male, that's probably not where your target market is. But if you're targeting Gen Z, Millennial, Gen X in men and women, both in those spaces, Pinterest is the place to be because Pinterest is the place where people can search and save their ideas. So that can be both in the business to business space or business to consumer. So if you're going to see if Pinterest is right for you, number one, we recommend that you just go onto Pinterest and search what it is you sell or you talk about or you write about and see if there's even a market over there already. And if there is, then your business should be over there and it should be communicating to the people on Pinterest more about the pain points that they're experiencing and how you provide solutions and less Instagram, like where you talk about yourself and you want people to follow you. That is very different on Pinterest. People really don't care about you, but they care about the solution that you have. Yes. Okay. So that's a huge distinction because people are solution focused. I know I go on Pinterest all the time to look for design ideas for my home office or my house or recipes. And so I'm always looking for a solution to the question that I'm trying to answer. Hmm. Yeah. And you're not really, you don't really care about people. It's not like you go there to search for somebody in particular, like on Instagram, you go to look for somebody in particular and you get lost in kind of their story in their life. But when you go to Instagram or go to Pinterest, you're in your story and you want to help facilitate growth in that way. And so if people begin to market on Pinterest in that way, that's going to give them a far greater position for success than if you went in with an Instagram mentality. Yes. Okay. So I know that Pinterest, it was really popular for bloggers. Bloggers had to be on Pinterest in order to get an organic way of driving traffic to their blogs. But nowadays, so many of us have podcasts and we don't necessarily have a blog. We may have show notes for our podcast or we have our YouTube videos. Is Pinterest a good place for those of us with podcasts, YouTube channels to also make sure that we have a Pinterest strategy to get our content seen? Yeah, absolutely. As someone who also has a podcast, one of the things we use Pinterest for specifically is getting new listeners to the podcast. So we will put a pin on there that talks about what solution or what pain point it is that particular podcast is dealing with, or we've even tested posting those little wave files up to Pinterest. So it kind of acts like a video so people can listen to a snippet. So that's a way that we would suggest a podcaster do it. Plus, we also want to tell people in that pin image that it is a podcast. So if you're linking directly to a show notes page or a page where they can listen, if you give them context on the image to let them know it's going to be a podcast, that helps that connection from Pinterest to, oh, I'm going to listen to something. The other thing with YouTube that you bring up that's really, really interesting is that video video on Pinterest is exploding. What they're saying right now, the stats we get from Pinterest is that there's a billion video views a day on Pinterest. And it's a little bit like the short form poppy videos, definitely not long form like YouTube. 
So there's a couple of strategies we tell people to try when it comes to getting more views of your YouTube. So if you only have a YouTube channel, you don't have a website, you really only can link to the YouTube video, but we recommend on Pinterest, it's just like a commercial size. So anywhere from 45 seconds to a minute 30 that gives a little bit of a tease so that they can go watch more on YouTube. And again, something along the lines, letting them know, like, go finish the rest of the video on YouTube so that people know they're going to move platforms. They have that expectation. If you don't, if you also have a website, we recommend that if you embed your YouTube video on your website, you can link there as well. Sometimes that's a little bit easier of an integration going from Pinterest to an actual website instead of app to app, because sometimes it can be a little bit bumpy and signing in and all those things that we don't want to do because we're annoyed because they take five more seconds longer. So in that sense, video is big on Pinterest and it's definitely something that you can use as a a teaser or a trailer for your long form videos. Okay. That's great. Yeah. I was curious how that works. Cause I know Facebook, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads are my world. And I know that they don't really love when we link to a YouTube channel or YouTube video, but does Pinterest have an issue with that? Or does it seem like it's, it is more seamless, like you said, to just go to a website where it's embedded. Yeah. They don't seem to have that like hate relationship between the platforms at all. It's like Pinterest is Switzerland and they're just like, we love everybody. So it's totally fine. If you link to YouTube, there's people have been doing it for years. It's more that you, people have tried putting their full YouTube videos on Pinterest and they just don't do well because the Pinterest user isn't in that mindset of sitting on the platform and watching something like they would be on YouTube, but they're, they're more apt to really engage with a short form video for sure. So yeah, there's no, there's no bad blood between the the platforms at all. Okay. Well, that's really good to know. So I'm curious about Pinterest users. Are they, what is, what is kind of the mix of desktop versus mobile users? Cause I know for myself, I'll definitely sit down on my laptop, pull up Pinterest and go to town, you know, with searching things, but I'll also pull it up on my phone. I'm just curious. I know with Facebook and Instagram, obviously Instagram's a mobile platform, but with Facebook, we see heavily, you know, more mobile users than desktop users these days. What is the breakdown like on Pinterest? Yeah, it's kind of similar. So it's going to be about 85% mobile and then the rest are going to be desktop. But for each and every account, you can, especially if you have a business account on Pinterest, you can go into your analytics and it says audience insights. And down at the bottom, it will tell you what percentage is broken down between mobile web, desktop, iPhone, Android. So you can see the breakdown of your account. And one of the things we tell people to watch for is that business to business. So if that's like my type of business, I will have more desktop usage because people are on their desktops compared to somebody who's in the food or even the retail space, they would see more mobile use than desktop. Got it. Okay. So that can shift depending on your space. Yeah. So for bloggers, so what should we be doing as far as our Pinterest strategy right now so that we're taking advantage? Because I know there are lots of changes to Pinterest. They're rolling out new features all the time, it seems. What would you start off when you have a client that's a blogger? How would you start to create that strategy? So it's a simple yet comprehensive pin strategy to maximize driving traffic to their blog. 
Yeah. One of the things we do first, especially here for our clients is we go, where do you want to hit the pinner? Like, where do you want to engage with them on their journey? Do you want to inspire them? Do you want to inform them in a longer form article, or do you want to help them decide and take a decision to purchase your product? And so we look at what the goals are. Some people with a blogger, theirs might be email conversions, or it might be even affiliate marketing. So that then positions how we create the copy or what it is we want to get front and center because we know, okay, this long form article is definitely informs people about what it is you talk about or what it is you provide for people. So we are going to try to make sure that the copy on the image is something that talks about maybe a little bit of a teaser. It's something that will really pull them in so that they want to read. If it's somebody who is looking to grow their email list, we'll also look and say, okay, how many images can we create for your landing page to test over the course of three to four months to look at which ones are getting the highest number of conversions? So with a blogger, we also look at how much content you have. So some people come to us and they've only been blogging for about a year. They might only have between 20 and 25-ish posts. So as many pins per day, it's going to be much less for them because they just don't have enough content to sustain pinning the same thing over and over and over again. So in that case, we might utilize those new features that you talked about. Pinterest just added story pins and then the video component too, as well. So we would look at kind of a diversification and trying to hit people, but definitely less pins per day. And that's been a thing that Pinterest has been talking about lately is before it was so many pins per day and you would basically throw as many on the wall and hope that some would stick. And now Pinterest is saying, we don't want a lot of repeat content. We want our users, our pinners to be able to repin and share over and over and over again. But content creators, we want more of your new stuff. We don't want all your old stuff. And that was a strategy that people used a long time ago, which was repurposing a lot of old stuff. So now we tell people, we'd like you to get into a good content creation rhythm of about one to two a month. If you can go four a month, that's great. Some people are like killing it with content and they can do three a week, right? So for them... We could do more per day, again, aligned with their goals. Okay, who are you wanting to target? Then those are the keywords that we're going to use. And then also we're going to look at an image strategy. How are you getting people's attention like a billboard and grabbing them right away and getting them hooked in to come to your website? Because they are cold. They're kind of, we joke they're the tire kickers. They're kind of like, what do you got for me? How do you, how are you going to serve me? And so that's a lot of what we see bloggers get is, a lot of new traffic and new eyeballs on what it is they have to offer, which is also what we love about Pinterest is that it's a place for new leads. Okay. So then if we want to bring back traffic or is there a way to encourage people to follow your profile on Pinterest? I know we can do promoted pins, Pinterest ads now to get back in front of them in a targeted way, but is there an organic strategy with that so that we are kind of getting back in front of our audience that is following us there? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of things. So if you've been on Pinterest for a little while, and I'm going to say probably eight months plus, like even a year over, what you can look at is the pins that are receiving the most traffic from Pinterest. And you can find that in your Google analytics, go to that post in particular, and make sure there's a chance for re-engagement with you. Like, can they get on your email list? Can they go to another post that maybe also gets them on your email list? And once you do that, that's the opportunity to continue the conversation with them. 
Now, if you have some of those people on your list for a while and, you know, obviously they found you from Pinterest, you might also want to tell the people who maybe didn't find you from Pinterest that you're on Pinterest. So it's kind of this thing just to say, Hey, we're over on Pinterest. If you want to follow us, here's the link to follow us. That might have an opportunity for re-engagement too as well. So it's really just keeping the top of mind in front of them. But I would say number one, as far as like re-engagement is with those new users that are coming to you is to try to get them on your email list somehow and then continue the conversation with them there. Got it. Okay. So always make sure that you're, of course, optimizing your website and having lots of lead forms appropriately placed so that people see that you've got a newsletter or a freebie where you can incentivize people to join your newsletter so you can continue that conversation. Yeah. And I'll share an example from me personally is one of my pins that does really well. I pinned it in 2017 and it was all about how to clean up Pinterest boards. And I use the word spring cleaning in it. Do you want to spring clean your Pinterest boards? Well, this particular pin got picked up and people shared it and they kept coming to my website. And still today, four years later, it's the number one pin that drives traffic to my site at about a thousand sessions a month. And so what we did was we created a checklist for that so that somebody could download it and know how to clean up their boards. But here's an interesting thing that we learned is that there are a lot of power Pinterest users that are not marketers. So once we figured that out, we realized, oh, we're, we're still going to let them download this because we want to make sure it's behind a, a wall of giving them our, our email. But right on the other side of that email, we say, hey, we know this is a really popular pin on Pinterest and you might not be a marketer. So if you don't want to hear any more Pinterest marketing advice, you can just unsubscribe now. And it's about, I need to look at the current numbers, but what we liked is that a lot of people appreciated that. We do get more unsubscribes with that. But those who found us through that way, who are marketers have been really engaged people. So it's just been a cool way to get that Pinterest traffic. Yeah, that's a great example. Super smart. So look at your traffic and make sure that you're optimizing your content that's already taking off and doing well on Pinterest. Yeah. So for those of us who are course creators or coaches, what would a Pinterest strategy look like for us when our goal is to bring in more members for our membership or bring in, make more sales to our courses or getting people into our programs? How should we be using Pinterest? So I would say number one is to create pin images that really talk about the benefits of your program and why you really believe that what you're selling is the best and how it can help them. We've tried a lot of different strategies with this in particular for our membership. And we found that when we write things like best Pinterest marketing membership, or you should join this membership, people just don't. But when we talk about, do you need to understand Pinterest marketing for your business or learn more about how to understand Pinterest marketing for your business, that actually makes a greater difference in getting more clicks because it's talking about the pain point or it's talking about the benefit. So when it comes to service providers, coaches, or people who have products, you're going to want to lead your Pinterest strategy first and foremost with your images. You want to make sure that whatever is on it really connects with people right away. And then number two, your pin description where your keywords are that goes to that search and discovery is again, talking about what you do and how it can really help somebody grow in their business. You're talking about the benefits. One of the things I do want to say is that 
be cautious of also comparing your stats to somebody who is in the B to C space as opposed to B to B. What we have found is that there are some really competitive niches on Pinterest when it comes to business to business. So something like how to start a blog is pretty saturated, but you could come at it from a different angle of what the blog allows you to do and what kind of freedom that brings in having this particular type of business. So go onto Pinterest and look, search the keywords you're going to use and see what's out there and see what people are talking about and how you can position yourself just slightly different than them to stand out from the rest. Okay. I love that. So how do we figure out what are the best keywords to use? So is that just keyword research and searching ourselves or are there other tactics and strategies around that? Yeah. Keywording on Pinterest is a little bit of a mystery. It's definitely not like Google SEO. We wish they had all those tools, but they just don't yet. So there's a couple of things we recommend. Number one, we do, and I know other people do this as well. We do full keyword planners every single year. So we basically take what Pinterest has put out there in their tool called Pinterest predictions. And we take all those keywords and categories and we put them into a document that people can can download. So that's one right there. Number two is going straight onto Pinterest into the search bar and putting in the phrase or the word that you want to use. And what Pinterest does is it does search prediction. So all of those terms underneath are ones that are being heavily searched on Pinterest. Take cues from that and take jot down some words and start with those right there. And then number three... Pinterest does have a new tool, relatively new, about 18 months, called Trends, and that's trends.pinterest.com. And this can be used for looking at the keyword trends of any keywords in the US, the UK, and Canada. So you simply go there and you put in what you think your keyword you want to use is, and you can see what time of year this particular keyword is trending and then what volume it has. It's on a scale from zero to 100. So you can see if some time of year it has a volume of 75 and another time of year, it maybe has a volume of 10. You want to look at that time of year where it's 75 and you want to back up a little bit, maybe about 30, 45 days and go, okay, I'm going to start talking about this now because I know people are searching it then. So those are really the three key ways that we have to figure out keywords. And then beyond that, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of a guessing game. There's not a whole lot of tools out there right now that will tell you a keyword ranking or what will do better or what will get you higher. Pinterest doesn't have those tools yet. Okay. So, but then we use those keywords in our description and on our image and that helps them get found. Is that how it works? Yeah, exactly. So Pinterest has said there's three places they want you to use keywords, your board name, your board description, and your pin description. And what this does is it tells the algorithm where to put your content when somebody is searching for it, or they're interested in that particular topic. So in the pin description, you want to write it real natural sounding one to two sentences, like you would send a text to a friend for the board name. You want to leave it to probably like three to four keywords. And then the board description is just a simple sentence using those keywords as well. But yeah, that's how Pinterest basically in their algorithm surfaces your content when somebody searches. Okay. That's so helpful. That's so great. Okay. And so how does the algorithm work? I know that it's a little bit of a longer game on Pinterest. So if somebody's ready to dive into Pinterest, 
what should their expectations be as far as when they're going to see a pickup in traffic or how they're going to know that their strategy is working? What, what should they be looking for and what is the time frame they should be giving it? I love this question because it really helps also set expectations. So Pinterest is a slow burn. So we tell people six to nine months of investment is what you're going to need to put in, in the beginning. And that is simply because it takes the algorithm that amount of time to understand what it is your content is about, what your consistency is like, and then allow the pinners to show them the engagement of your content. So they want to see, Hey, are people engaging in this? And if they are, okay, where can we show it to more people? So when you're thinking about starting in Pinterest, six to nine months is good. And also it's a platform that doesn't give a lot of love. Like you're not going to get a lot of dopamine hits as a marketer, like you would on Instagram where you get a like or a comment. It's really the introverts platform and people talking to you tend to be spammers. They're not legit. There are some legit commenters, but some are not. So when you think about going into it, I would recommend you set a plan to say, this is why I'm using it. And this is how I'm going to use it by setting the number of pins per day based on how much content you create. And then once a month, go into your analytics and evaluate what worked and what didn't work. And it's kind of a rinse and repeat of that over the course of those six to nine months to try to begin to understand your Pinterest user, because that user might be totally different than what you're finding on Facebook and Instagram. And so you really need to get to know them over those six to nine months. And it's a long game. And I see it as the same you would invest in Google, you know, that it's going to give you great rewards later. Like I talked about my pin that I pinned in 2017, it's giving me great payout now, even four years later. That's why you lay this foundation over the six to nine months and then keep going and keep investing. And I I just can't recommend this enough, but like really keep your eyes on your own account because each account is so different. So somebody else will say, I'm getting X number of sessions and I've been doing X number of things, but you might not be targeting the same keyword that they are. So just don't get caught into the comparison trap. Okay. That's really good advice. And I like setting that expectation because I know so many of us, you know, want to see that instant gratification of, oh yes, it's working, you know, from the first week. And I know that's something when it comes to, you know, Facebook ads that I, that I help my clients with is like, you know, sometimes there's some testing and it may not be that we hit the first one out of the park, but in this case, we need to give, give it a little bit longer. We need to learn. We need to pay attention to what's working, but also just understand that it will build over time. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. And I love that you said that because, you know, you work with Facebook ads and what's interesting about Pinterest ads is people come to us from doing Facebook ads and we do their Pinterest ads for them. They're like, well, I want to know if it's working right away. And it's like, oh, that's not how this works. (laughs) Pinterest ads really take uh, a couple weeks to optimize, which is painful, right? Because you're spending this money too during this time. But one of the cool things about running an ad is let's say you're new to Pinterest and you've been investing those three months and you run an ad, that whole month's worth of data on that ad will give you a lot of information about your audience. And so we often tell people like, if you kind of want to fast track it, Pinterest ads might be the way to go so that you can get more understanding of your audience. You can see what they're going to engage with or not engage with, but it is it is frustrating. We have a lot of people who come to us in doing, wanting to diversify from Facebook and the strategy is just so different. And also with a a Pinterest ad, it's a pin that can live forever. So you can basically put money behind it and then stop putting money behind it. And it's still out there. So that is also different than Facebook where you turn an ad 
kind of on and off. And that's the only time people see it. It's different with Pinterest. They can see it all the time. So fascinating. And so for those of us who are in the long game and we're saying, okay, committed to Pinterest, maybe we want to test with some ads. Where should we start with our ad? Does it come back to the the goal question of, do we want to drive traffic? Do we want to grow our email list? Do we want to make sales conversions? Is that where we should start with our Pinterest ad strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll share again, an example from us is we have an image guide that helps people work through Pinterest images. And one of the things we've realized is that in our testing of Pinterest ads, we went straight to the guide where they could get it and sign up. And then we went straight to the blog post that talked more about images and why they were important. And what we realized is that we got greater signups through the blog, as opposed to just going to the landing page. Our main goal was getting new email leads who didn't know about us from Facebook or Instagram or other areas. And so that testing in that first month really helped us to know that our blog posts were more, they were higher converting for us towards the email lead. Now, if somebody has another goal of selling a digital product, I always recommend for Pinterest something that really does warm them up, remembering that they're not as quick to make a decision as a Facebook user, especially off a Facebook ad. So you really need to sell the benefits and make it crystal clear as to what they're going to get because they're coming into it going, I don't know who this person is. I don't have any connection with them. You can do like a retargeting where they might be more of a warmer audience, but for the most part, it's a lot of targeting cold traffic. So whatever your goal is, and then however you can really sell the benefit of what you're offering is really how you want to position it. That's really great. So, cause you've got to think about it is a different user and also people are going to Pinterest. Most of the time they're looking for free content to learn something. If they're, if they're looking for your type of digital product, they're probably going there to search for a blog post anyway on how they can do X, Y, Z that you talk about in your program. Would that be accurate as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I also, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I think this applies to digital products as well, is that there's some people who will be repeat customers of ours because they've gotten to know us. Like on Instagram, you might have a lot of repeat, but if you go into Pinterest with the idea of they don't know who I am. So I do have to get a little bit more into the selling of why I'm the person to help them. And I think sometimes we see a lot of people get stuck in that and get caught in that. But once we realize that Pinterest can be a source of new customers for us to purchase our products, then once you have that, it makes it a little easier to position your product over there. Okay. I love it. All right. So talk to me about scheduling tools. What are the current must-have tools? Are there multiple? What, do, what should we be looking for when it comes to tools for Pinterest? Yeah. The number one that we use all the time is Canva. We're big fans of that design program because it makes it super approachable for anybody. I hate creating Pinterest images. It's like I'm the worst at it on our team and it takes me hours. So I found that Canva will really help speed that up. So we love that for creating images. And then as far as scheduling, Pinterest actually has a whole huge list of approved marketing partners. And what we love about this is it's totally different than Facebook, where Facebook kind of put the clamp down on third-party scheduling tools. And there's this idea that if you use them, it's bad. That's not the case on Pinterest. So there's a lot of ones that you can test out for free, actually, without giving credit cards, Tailwind, Later, Planoly. And then Canva also has a scheduling tool integrated into it for Pinterest, but we found it to be not very productive. So when you're looking for a tool to schedule, we recommend looking for one that has multi-platform usage 
So then you're not lugging in and out of a bunch of them. And then number two, it's really fast and efficient. Like you can schedule it out without having to be a slave to your phone and be on there all the time, which we already feel that way with Instagram a little bit, but you know, we don't want you to feel that way with Pinterest. So Pinterest, you can sit down on a Sunday. You can plan out what you're going to do as far as scheduling, pop into your tool and then schedule out a full week's worth of pins. And that is really, really helpful to kind of keep that consistency on Pinterest, which is what they want. And then what about engaging? Years ago, when I was in the blogging space, I heard that you not only need to be pinning, but you also need to be actually engaging on the platform. Is that a thing or is that maybe it used to be a thing? Am I totally making this up? Is, is <laughs> no, that anything that we should it, be considering? You nailed it. No. So <laughs> a few years ago, there was actually this, it would came from what somebody interpreted in an internal document on Pinterest that said, if you engage on the platform, then your pins will do better. Well, Pinterest came out in 2018 and said, no, 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 that's not true. We want you to really focus on pinning your, your stuff and let the pinner. So as a creator marketer, pin your stuff and let the pinner on the platform, share it for you, repin it, do all of that, which was great. Cause it was a relief for us to go, Oh, we don't have to pin a bunch of other people's stuff. We don't have to do all these things that are building up engagement. You can certainly pin other people's stuff, especially if you want to support them, but there's definitely not this algorithm piece that says, if you pin somebody's stuff, we're going to like you better. You don't have to worry about it. Okay. That is good to know. So when it comes to boards, I know you you mentioned earlier about how we should be naming our boards in the description, but what kind of boards should we be having? Is there a certain number we should try and hit? Is there a number that's too many? Should we keep it simple? What is your What is your strategy when it comes to boards? Yeah. We tell people with new accounts, when we do builds for them, we like to have at least 10 boards because that shows that the profile is active. Actually, it doesn't look like a dead space. So we tell people 10 and we start with ones that are only aligned with the content that you create or the products that you sell. You don't have to worry about targeting people in the quote unquote lifestyle. That was an old strategy that really went back to what I just talked about with the, if you engage with other people's stuff, you'll get seen more. And so any board that you have on your profile should be along the lines of, you know, for me, it's Pinterest marketing tips or social media tips, because I know my Pinterest marketing podcasts and blog posts can go in there or how to take great Pinterest photos. Anything that goes along with Pinterest marketing for me is what I'm going to talk about. Somebody else might want to go along the lines of how to scale your business, how to hire a team member, what elements do you need to to x your business? Whatever it is that you talk about, those are the boards that you want. You don't have to worry about too many. We have some people we've worked with who have 400 boards. Now I wouldn't recommend that, but they have enough content over 12 years of content creation that they can support that. But most people will hover right around 20 to 50. It's all dependent on does the board give you the ability to pin your content to it? And if it does, you can have it. Also make sure that you can pin more than just one pin. So people will come to us and say, I have a, this pin. It does really well. Can I create a board for it? And we say, well, are you going to create more of this type of content? No. So we tell them you probably shouldn't create a board for it. Maybe put it on another board that is a little bit broader. So my eyes got really big when you said 400. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> you don't like a lot. go 400. <laughs> Pump the brakes. Okay. I like the 10 to 20 start there. And 
because it seems like there can be bloat and then you don't want to have a bunch of boards with maybe just a few pins in there. So Mm -hmm. do you recommend doing like maybe an annual cleanup of your boards if you start to see that that's happening? Yes, absolutely. We've had people who did not do their annual cleanups that came to us for a cleanup and they ended up with the 400 boards that didn't make sense. And it took days to do that. So a once a year audit is really good. And not only is it good for you to create a, a checkpoint of like, is this still necessary? Do I still talk about this? Is this still my branding? But also the profile can change up a little bit. So you want to make sure that you're header looks the way you want it for your header. Now on Pinterest, you can add a video or a custom image too, as well. So there's a lot of different things that you can do. So paying attention to the changes and then just also making sure that your profile is in alignment with where your branding is currently. Okay. So speaking of branding, what about when your branding changes? A number of years ago, I went through a website redesign and I still see some of my old pins with my old branding. Should I be getting rid of those? Should I be replacing them? How, you know, should I just leave them as is? What is your, what is your thought on that? Yeah. Leave them as is, which is kind of the beauty and the frustration of Pinterest is that once a pin really starts to snowball out there, it kind of goes forever and it's out there and you can't really do anything about it because somebody else pinned it and you just got to scroll on past it and say, I'm glad I saw my pin. So we tell people just start by going forward and with your new branding, don't delete pins. It's not worth it because if you delete a pin, you're just deleting it off your board. All those other pins that are out there, they're just out there and they're still bringing you some good traffic over time. So we just tell people as you switch your branding, just switch up your profile header to new branding, make sure the name makes sense. And if you have an old pin from a previous type of business or maybe you don't sell that product or anything anymore, create a redirect if you want to, or on the page when they land on it, just say, I'm so excited that you're here. I just want to let you know things have shifted in my business a little bit. I no longer talk about this topic that you've come from Pinterest here to find out, but I do talk about this topic, which is maybe closely related. Go check it out here. So don't leave them at a full stop. Give them some place to go. Yeah, definitely. Because pinners, when they want what they want, and the most frustrating thing they say is that you get a pin and it's a dead link, or you get a pin and it goes to like some spam site or whatever, and they get pretty annoyed by that. So just the pinner is very intent on what they want. Help them get to what they want. Yeah, don't full stop and be like, sorry, you didn't you didn't get what you wanted. Okay. So going back to the board discussion, so group boards, is that something we should still be participating in? Should we have our own group boards? What is the strategy on that? I know that was big a number of years ago, but I'm not sure where, where that stands now. Yeah, it was really big a number of years ago. What we tell people now is only have group boards if you know the people that you're going to be on the board with and you have a common goal. So if you and I shared a board and we were talking all about scaling your business and only content about scaling your business when in that board and we joined in that because we wanted to support each other, that's the best way to use a board. However, both of us on our accounts should already have a, a board about scaling our businesses, because that's what we talk about. And we want to make sure we have our own board before we have a group board. However, group boards, they aren't like before you could join it. And let's say you had a million followers and I joined yours. And when I pinned to your group board, everybody would see it. It doesn't work like that anymore. It's really all based on interests and less on the following. So you want to make sure that the name of the board is keyword optimized, like we talked about before with those three to four words. And if you don't have group boards, it is not a deal breaker. It's totally fine. We know tons of people that are like, 
I don't even want group boards. I don't want to deal with them. The only time we tell people that group boards could really be helpful for their business is if they're working with clients, like let's say they're a website designer and they are doing services and they want to help do branding with clients. Pinterest is a good tool to use with them to showcase what they've done, how they can communicate. You can leave notes now on group boards for each other about what you like about the pin. So it could be a really good tool, but not necessarily a Pinterest exposure algorithm tool. Got it. So with the other, with the newer features, like the story pins and the video pins, how should we, or should we be dabbling in those? Should we just get our, like our main strategy down? Where do you suggest we kind of add those in or when should we add those in? Right. So I love story pins. I'm a big fan. I know some people hate them with like just fierce hate, but the reason they don't like them is because they don't link. So the story pin Number one, it lives forever. It's not a 24-hour model like we see on Instagram. Number two, it's all about walking people through like a step-by-step of a process. You take that same mentality of why you're targeting the pinner and showing them the benefits or the how-tos or certain elements. So for me, I could take that how to clean up Pinterest boards and I create a story pin that's just a title and then maybe they call them cards. So four cards showing each step. And then at the end, Pinterest adds its own card that leads people to your profile. So what we're seeing with story pins is an increase in follower numbers and also an increase in direct traffic so that people want to know more about you. They can click on the link in your profile or they can follow you. So I like story pins because it can build engagement. And also it's a way that if you have a topic and you don't necessarily want to blog about it, you want to see if it's going to do well or not, you can turn it into a story pin and see what kind of engagement you get. People can leave comments. They have the choice of like four emojis. They can share what they love about it. And then they can save it to their boards for later. So I think story pins are a good diversification strategy where you can just position your content in a different way to where people can learn more about you and like get to the heart of what it is you're talking about in a different medium. So I'm a big fan of them. They pop up at the top like you would see on an Instagram story on your app. But some people are real upset about the fact that they don't link. Okay. And then for videos, should we be diving into the videos? You said that there are 1 billion views a day (laughs) on Pinterest. So this is something that we should be hopping into, it sounds like. Yeah. And I do want to say this because this is happening on Pinterest lately is there's a lot of TikToks popping up on there and people repurposing But I have to say a lot of people, I think Pinterest is going to clamp down on that soon because they're getting a lot of complaints from their users that they don't really want this type of TikTok style video on there. But I do think they like the short, you know how Facebook used to have those tasty style videos where it was super fast, super quick. And you Mm -hmm. were like, Ooh, I'm super intrigued. That's what's really killing it on Pinterest right now. So with video, it's shot in vertical. I like to use the tool also jump rope. That's another way to create story pins and also to create video pins. And just these teasers of 15 seconds, you can also put a video in a story pin. Those are actually doing really well right now when people add those in, or you can repurpose a reel. But again, it has to be really targeted at the benefit and the actually, what am I going to take away from it instead of about you? So I think I would say... It's definitely good to incorporate. And I think we're just going through a weird iteration on Pinterest as to how videos are being received. But I know in the algorithm, they're really trying to see like, if you engage with a video, 
your whole feed is going to be filled with video because Pinterest is like, oh my gosh, you like it. We're going to show you a million. <laughs> the same with StoryPin. You're going to see a lot of them. Just watch what other people are doing and take some inspiration from it and then craft your own strategy that you think would really work with people. All right. But always, as you keep saying, focus on the benefit and the takeaway for your audience. That's what they're looking for. Yeah, I know. I harp on it quite a bit. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it because I think I think that's what we just need to, you know, when we think about our Pinterest strategy, we definitely need to keep that top of mind always. So what is coming down the pike with Pinterest? What are the changes that are coming up? What should we be preparing for right now? Here, we're currently recording this in spring of 2021. What is coming? What's changing? What can you tell us? Yeah. So one of the things we do here at Simple Pin too, is we keep our eye on what's happening also with the Pinterest stock and reading their fourth quarter earnings reports. They, they should have another earnings report now. One of the things we think we see with Pinterest is that it exploded in 2020, like just doubled growth. It really took off because of the pandemic. Well, now that a lot of the restrictions are easing, they're really not growing as much. Therefore, their stock prices are going down again, and they are looking for ways to keep the users on the platform longer, hence story pins and videos too as well. So they can definitely get their advertisers back on the platform with promoted pins, especially small to medium-sized businesses. And they're going to be really leaning into shop integrations. So that's going to be interesting for those who have Shopify stores or even WooCommerce. They want to make shopping... Pinterest will say that their shopping timeline is about three months to purchase. They're the great informer of a purchase. They want to shorten that time frame, So they want the Pinterest users to not, they don't want to do the purchase on the platform. They've never really wanted to embrace that. They definitely want you, them still to make a purchase on your website, but they want to make the integrations easier so that pricing can be updated in real time or out of stock or any of those kind of elements can be factored in for anybody who sells digital or physical products. So that's a big push for them. And then video and story pins, we know that they're going to really be leaning into that. So we tell people, if you want to diversify in a place where Pinterest is showing some love to creators, we definitely think people should dive into video and story pins. So good. What are the common mistakes that you see people making when it comes to their Pinterest strategy or their pins? What are what are people doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, I would say there's there's two camps. There's the older camp where you and I have seen a lot of history. We know what Pinterest used to be like. And the older camp is really resistant to say, I want to go back to the way it was before. I want to be able to pin 50 times a day and get all this traffic. And so the biggest mistake we see people is just too many pins per day. And Pinterest has been very clear to say, pump the brakes, less is more. And we're seeing that reflected in a lot of analytics too, as well. People who tend to pull back on pinning, all of a sudden see an increase in the traffic they're getting from the existing pins on the platform. So that is number one, dial down the number of pins you're doing per day. We recommend anywhere between, if you have a lot of content, I'm going to say 20 to 25, but if you don't have a lot of content, meaning you know, for me, I have right around 250 posts and podcasts. I stick right around between seven and 10, and I'm even toying with going to five to seven a day. I might even stick around five because the numbers are just showing us that Pinterest likes less. So that's number one mistake. And the number two would be repurposing a lot of Instagram content 
and the descriptions, but in not really an effective way. Pinterest doesn't like hashtags. They especially don't like hashtags that are outside of what it is the topic is. So we see people just, you know, basically they're tired, right? I get it. You're exhausted in marketing and people just grab something on Instagram and throw it onto Pinterest and kind of hope it works, but it doesn't. So that is a big mistake we see people making, especially more so lately, kind of hoping that that'll work because they don't want to think of, you know, because Pinterest is harder to market on. Don't do that. That's a big mistake too. Cool. I'd love for you to share because you offer... Pinterest management, but I know you have a few different services, different things that you offer and you've got your membership. So can you just share what are all the things somebody's interested in outsourcing their Pinterest or diving deeper with you and learning Pinterest strategy? What are their options here? Yeah. So we have kind of two arms of our business. We have the do it for you, hire us, and we can do anything for you from organic management, promoted pins management, creating images and creating video. We can do take that all off your plate, deep cleans, consults. And then we have the learn with us. And that would be our simple pin collective, which is our organic Pinterest marketing strategy, really for those people who want to get up and running with all the most up-to-date information and tools so that we can shorten the distance between the time you get on and then figuring that out. We can really get you up and running a little bit faster over there, especially if you don't have the budget to hire us. And then we have our ads society, the Simple Pin Ads Society. And that is only focused on promoted pins and people who want to do Pinterest ads. And that's also a membership too that has training inside there and up-to-date information about Pinterest ads. Perfect. Love it. I just want to thank you so much for your time and all of your expertise and you sharing your wisdom with us and all everything Pinterest. I've learned so much in this interview and in this episode. Where should people go to find you? I know you've got your podcast. Where else should people follow you? Yeah, you can go to simplepinmedia.com and everything is there, or I'm at simplepinmedia on Instagram. You can DM me there. It's sometimes a quicker way to get a message to me. So if anybody has any questions or wants to know what we're doing, Simple Pin Media, I'm that on all channels. Love it. Love it. Okay. We'll put all the links to all the things in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kate. This has been so informative. Oh, I'm just so excited about this strategy. Thank you so much for joining us on the Flourish Seven Figures podcast. You bet. Thanks so much for having me. That was such a treat. I learned so much from that interview and I'm sure you did too. So I want to give a huge thank you once again to Kate for coming on the podcast and sharing her journey into entrepreneurship and her wisdom with us. And she mentioned so many incredible resources, including her free image guide and keyword guide. So be sure to check those out. And we will have all the links and resources mentioned in the show notes at monicalouie.com slash 101. While you're there, I would love to hear your biggest takeaways. Share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 101 or tag Kate and me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica and she is at Simple Pin Media. And thank you so much for joining Kate and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit takes you through these six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert. Plus there's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you dive into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you appreciate a good checklist. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. As I mentioned, I'll have all the links and resources in the show notes 
at monicalouie.com slash 101. And be sure to follow the podcast in your favorite podcast app so you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, I've got another incredible guest on the show with me. So subscribe and follow so you don't miss it. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Let's flourish.